Gotta make sure that that's attached. Good morning. I know this is friends and family. I know we have things that are on our heart, but I felt it was important because <clears throat> the word that came, and I just expressed it a little bit last Sunday, when Joy was speaking about we need to listen to the thoughts of God. Now, last week we spoke just briefly, Jeremiah 29:11, For I, being God, know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I told you I wanted you to begin to just sense there's a little bit different way to present this besides just his thoughts towards you. I began to just listen to the word that um, Wesley's brother, Hudson, thank you, and the description that he gave through the adversity of his life, he found himself at the, at the big toe of God and in turn, God picks him up and puts him in his pocket. And he's very close to God's heart. And there's this conversations, these conversations that are taking place that he asks God, should I be here? And God said, well, why not? And so Hudson was aware that God didn't mind him being a part of the discussions. In fact, God was delighting in the discussions that were taking place, and Hudson was there. Then Hudson began to hear God speaking about some plans that God had in Detroit. So Hudson says, well, God, then should I go? God said, no. He said, well, then should I pray? Yeah, if you want to. And that was it. So then about three months later, Hudson's back, because he's up in Canada, he's back in New England talking to this person that he had not met before, and this person was talking about the move of God that was taking place in Detroit, and he was telling Hudson about it. He says, oh yeah, I know all about it. Because God had told him. Those were the very things that God was revealing to Hudson while he was in God's pocket, and the things that were taking place that were dear to the heart of God. And so, as I began to start listening to what God was trying to cause me to understand, is I want to be able to hear His thoughts more often. Because me, myself, as a leader, I've got stuff running through my mind all the time. Many times, it is about myself, but most of the time, it's about everybody else and everything else that's transpiring. And so, I'm trying to just hear this purpose but also this activation in God. Because what he speaks during the time of tabernacles, he empowers and releases it for being able to be a part of our lives to where we can then see it become alive inside of us. So then I was reading John 11. And this is about the story of Lazarus. Now, Mary and Martha, which was Lazarus' sisters, were concerned about Lazarus because he was sick. And they were in Bethany, which wasn't too far from Jerusalem. So they sent someone for Jesus because they knew that he could heal Lazarus. The word says Jesus waited wherever the village he was in for a couple of days. 
And then he journeyed to Bethany. Well, some of the disciples thought that he was probably waiting because he didn't want to be too close to Jerusalem because they would probably try to arrest him and kill him. But that wasn't it at all. So by the time Jesus gets to Bethany, Mary and Martha say, what's up? Why did you wait so long? Lazarus has been dead for four days. I want you to listen. This is Amos 4.13. God forms mountains and creates the wind. And He speaks. He declares to man what are His thoughts. Affirming His Word. We'll go back to the story of Lazarus. Why did the Lord want us to sing that song this morning? Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. What you pray, I pray. He's affirming what He's trying to express to us and knowing His thoughts in everything that we do. Isn't it wonderful how the Holy Spirit guides our gathering? We could say that that maybe uh, because of Debbie's introducing that, But see, the Holy Spirit's trying to cause us to move into a place of the Spirit that we walk by the Spirit. We wouldn't have sung that song in agreement where you go because we can't follow Him unless we walk by the Spirit. What you say, we won't know what He's saying unless we have the ears of the Spirit man trained, quickened to hear His words to say what He's saying or to pray what He's praying. That's what the Holy Spirit's all about. Gift of tongues, speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, because the Holy Spirit knows how to come in agreement with the Father. Your mind doesn't, because it's going to argue with God. We could have argued, we could have stopped and not gone to that song. Well, no, we're, not. we're, we're, we're run on, short on time. Well, we got communion. No, no, we don't need to be doing that. No, God wanted to bring us into that place of the understanding, of the experience, of being led by the Spirit. So then what transpires now with Jesus waiting two days outside of Bethany? Do you think that he was possibly waiting for the thoughts of God as to what his part was when they called him to come? Because he could have been pulled by the emotions of Mary and Martha and his love for Lazarus, his emotions, his carnal man. Are we not swayed by our relationships? And when one of our kids call on us or someone that we're close to calls on us, and what do we do? Out of our emotions, we just, we just respond. Jesus waited two days, plus however many times. It probably it took at least two days to travel to get there if Lazarus had been dead for four days. So God wanted Jesus to know his thoughts about the condition of what he was about to enter into because God didn't want to settle for just healing. When Jesus prayed in front of the tomb, he says, Father, I know that you're going to already answer what I'm asking. And I'm not doing this for me. But I'm saying this out loud for all these people that are around that they're going to see you when Lazarus comes forth. So God's heart, His intentions, His thoughts are always 
always greater than ours. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. So my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So when that word came, listen to the thoughts of God. That means that we have access to now walk through places in our lives that aren't going to take us to the places of looking at the past, looking at the situation of being impossible, looking at the situation moving by our emotions, the things that drive us, that pull us. Wouldn't you love, in the middle of your circumstance, just to stop? Because we had our deacons and elder meeting last night, and JC, because everybody was reflecting on what their part was, what they sensed God was speaking, the way they saw God speak through these words in eight days. And to know you were not all cloned. So, you know, this Bible, it's the same Bible. You see this side, I see this side, you all see this side. It's a different view, but it's the same Bible. So in turn, J.C. is saying, you know what? I really believe that it wasn't just um, Hudson in God's pocket. He says, I believe we're all in God's pocket. And I believe that too. If we'll position ourselves to be there. Because Hudson had been in a very difficult place for a long, long time. He started petitioning God. Then after month after month, he finally just stopped and started to listen to God. Then he knew he had to go to the father because he came out of a single parent home. He was one of 12 kids. So a father-son relationship wasn't something that he was ready to accept from God because he didn't know how to respond. So finally coming to God... The only place that he could find himself of any comfort was by his big toe, God's big toe. And because of God's love and compassion and wanting to make sure that Hudson was a part of everything that he was saying and doing that concerned Hudson, he picked him up from his big toe and put him in his pocket. So now... I want to begin to find that place more often that I just pause rather than reacting. Picture myself in the pocket of God, hearing his heartbeat, his love for me, and then hearing what he wants to say of how I'm supposed to respond to this, if at all. How many of you have been an enabler in your life? You should all have your hands up. How many of you have helped somebody off the cross before they were dead? Well, haven't they suffered enough, God? They don't really need to die, do they? They've really suffered long enough. It's been 20 years. No, dead is dead. It is finished. And God is the one that determines when it's finished. Not you and me. So don't you want to be in that place? I mean, stop and think about it. And if you're a parent or a grandparent, you know what enabling is all about. 
Wouldn't you love to now begin to take that word that's been spoken, make it living, acting alive, part of your flesh now, living and alive, and that when one of those young people come to you and you know that they're just pulling the same old chain that they've been pulling for how many years, you just pull and you stop back and you pause and say, all right, I'm in his pocket. I can hear his heart. Now what are your thoughts in this matter? You're a better father than I am. What are your thoughts in this? And then the other part was, as I was starting to think about, how about your dreams? What was so awesome about Hudson, and it just really struck me, because I love to worship. I can worship 24 hours a day. I'm happy to join the elders around the throne. I don't need anything else. I could, and I, I, I could remember the words, holy, holy, holy. <laughs> Wouldn't be hard to remember. But Hudson said while he was in God's pocket, he heard God singing a song. And he says, wait a minute. I wrote that. That's my song. God is singing my song. So wouldn't you love to know God's thoughts about your dreams? Have they been delayed? Not fulfilled in the way that you thought they might have been? Does that maybe mean that there's more to the story? Wouldn't you love to know the thoughts of God about your story in Psalms 139, the books that have been written concerning you? Rather than relying on what you think your mind is going to interpret? Or in turn, what somebody else might be saying to try to influence what your dream might have looked like or should be? And or the book that's been written concerning you? Because most of you have been spoken not in line with that spoken to or spoken at by other people that doesn't line up with Psalms 139. And that's the book that God has written concerning you. Wouldn't you love to hear his thoughts as he turns the page on your story and you're looking up and saying, okay, all right, I know, I know what yesterday looked like. So today we're going to turn the page. I want to hear your thoughts, God. I'm going to position myself in such a way that first of all, I can hear your love. I can, I can feel your heartbeat. Because that's where clarity comes. That's where everything else is pushed back. Other circumstances, other people, your failures, your inadequacies, I'm not good enough, all of that's just pushed back. Because when you hear his heartbeat, it just melts you. You're the beloved. He's the one that you're the apple of his eye. And then you say, Father, tell me about today. Tell me, I want to hear the thoughts of what you have for me today. Invite somebody to dinner. Go to Walmart and pray for the person at the checkout counter. Lord, what what do you have for me today? It's going to be that which you have written concerning me 
that which you have purposed to see established in the earth that I might be a part of, the instrument of, bringing it to its fulfillment. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I'm, I'm trusting, because I'm speaking this word to myself, I want to say law. I have to believe that David had this. He had this ability because all through the Psalms, when David's writing a song, I pictured him before the altar, just prostrate because of the sin, and he knew how, how gracious God was to him through the repentance and the heart after God. And I have to believe that David was prostrate because remember, only the high priest could go before the altar. Nobody else in Israel could go before the altar. But David was a type and shadow of Christ. He was both king and priest. And I have to believe that he probably laid prostrate. And oh my God, my enemies are all around me. And then there would be this Selah, this pause. And he'd say, all right, Father, I, I hear your heartbeat. Now, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, you're going to scatter my enemies? Where are your enemies now? Yeah. See, it wasn't just for Jesus. He saw the Father and did only what the Father was doing. He heard the Father and only said what he heard the Father say. That was for every one of his sons and daughters to walk in. To where then we might be able to be, Kathy's talking about effectual. How much time do we waste on our mind thoughts of saying, well, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, should I, should I go? No, I shouldn't go. What are they going to think if I go? Well, maybe I shouldn't go. Well, well, if I do go, what will they think? Well, I can just tell them, well, what should I do? Well, should I, should I, should I, should I? It's like all of us. Come on. But if we have that desire, have that positioning of saying, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm going to start, because the word says practice your spiritual senses. I have to believe it took David some time to get where he finally got. Because he made enough mistakes in his life, cried out to God and repented. Just like you and I, to where we will continue to take every day and we'll start the day out in his pocket. When you first pop up and if you have to go do what you got to do or before you have your coffee, just pause for a minute. Say, okay, Father. I'm going, to, I'm going to practice this. This is, this is really foreign to my mind because that doesn't really sound like it should be important, but I'm going to try it. And just picture yourself. Now, for those of you that need two or three cups of coffee to wake up before you know where you are and who you are and how you got there, that's okay too. <clears throat> but then picture yourself. All right, Father. I want to, I want to grow in this. I want to learn. I want to 
see your word become alive inside of me, then I can be an answer to these situations, not just complicate or make it larger. Maybe be one who just prays. Because I was thinking of you, Richard, while I was preparing this morning. And I'm and I'm amazed because there's different ones that are finding this place. We're all tasting, touching this place, the very things that you've walked through. I've spoken about uh, Terry Heard last week. We would not have been able to walk through what we're walking through today a year ago. Because God has enabled us. We've become. We've become those that have surrendered in these times, in these places of saying, God, I cannot do this. But I know you can, and I'm not going to give up. And what a beautiful expression of a husband and wife Hermine, Brenda, and Audrey, excuse me, Dudley, that have persevered to now. That's God. Should we take a little bit further of the bride and the bridegroom? Huh? It may have seemed to be a long, long time, but longer to Jesus. (laughs) He's saying, Father, I think she's getting close. Dad, I think there's things that you've got to stir up in the earth. You've got to move things along so your scriptures may be fulfilled. Because this bride, this one that I just love so much, Man, she's getting serious. She's listening to what you're saying, but not just listening, she's responding. And she's starting to have this passion in her of saying, you know what? I think we're getting close. And I think I can almost sense the fragrance of the bridegroom. And the word says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And that's that aroma of this love, this union that we have as a family that's going before the Father. It's going before Jesus. And so, listen, listen to the thoughts of God in these days ahead. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hallelujah.